Flannery O'Connor was a Southern fiction writer and essayist born March 25, 1925 in Savannah, Georgia. She was a devout Roman Catholic with a penchant for satire, dark humor, and wild religious imagination. Today, O'Connor is considered to be one of America's greatest fiction writers and an apologist for the Catholic faith. Her stories are far from what you might imagine coming from a Southern Christian writer in the 1950s. They are full of shocking scenes of violence, depravity, and shady, sometimes comic Christian characters, such as a Bible salesman who steals a prosthetic leg or a pseudo-prophet who steals mummified dwarfs. Her characters' twisted views of reality warp the basic tenets of the faith they profess. Their situations often end in bloodshed. She said, I have found that violence is strangely capable of returning my characters to reality and preparing them to accept their moment of grace. Their heads are so hard that almost nothing else will work. O'Connor considers no subject matter off-limits. Rather than her faith restricting her writing to pious stories with happy endings, it is in fact her faith which drives her work to the grotesque extremities it explores. She said, The novelist with Christian concerns will find in modern life distortions which are repugnant to him and his problem will be to make these appear as distortions to an audience which is used to seeing them as natural. And he may well be forced to take ever more violent means to get his vision across to this hostile audience. When you can assume that your audience holds the same beliefs you do, you can relax a little and use more normal ways of talking to it. When you have to assume that it does not, then you have to make your vision apparent by shock. To the heart of hearing, you shout, and for the almost blind, you draw large and startling figures. Though Flannery's writing is deeply motivated by her faith, it is not didactic, meaning it isn't aimed at proselytizing or utilizing the art form only as a means to convey a message. Her writing instead offers an immersive experience of the truth she seeks to convey. The reader must enter into the stories and come to their own conclusions by walking alongside of her characters as their terrible choices and subsequent consequences play out on the pages. O'Connor's stories teach without teaching, bringing the reader to a point of awareness without forcing a particular conclusion to be made from her art. O'Connor leaves room for the reader to experience their own transformation or moment of grace, many times running toward redemption and beauty by being exposed to the unredeemed and the ugly. The aim of her writing, as she explained, was to make the reader feel in his bones, if nowhere else, that something is going on here that counts. Distortion, she says, is an instrument Exaggeration has a purpose, and the whole story or novel has been made what it is because of belief. This is not the kind of distortion that destroys. It is the kind that reveals, or should reveal. Flannery O'Connor's stories penetrate the natural world to reveal the supernatural hiding within and around it. There's much to be learned from this unique and difficult writer, especially for those who profess a similar faith or spiritual motivation as Flannery. 
We can sometimes forget the Bible itself, for all of its glory and beauty, remains a collection of terrible episodes of violence and heartbreak, stories of misfits and freaks all bludgeoning their way toward grace. It's easy to see how the scriptures become the inspiration for a writer and thinker like Flannery O'Connor. And just as Flannery's stories teach us, we can only sometimes arrive at redemption by traveling the difficult and uncertain path of a meandering faith. Unfortunately, O'Connor's writing career was interrupted by the same illness that took her father's life when she was 15. In 1951, only four years after graduating from the State University of Iowa, she was diagnosed with systemic lupus and was forced to return to the family farm outside of Milledgeville, Georgia, where she spent the remainder of her short 39 years of life raising peacocks, battling illness, and creating her bizarre characters until she died on August 3, 1964. Her legacy leaves the world two novels, 32 short stories, and several collections of prose and commentaries. Her writing is held to rank with that of Mark Twain, Scott Fitzgerald, and other towering figures of the literary world. When I think of Flannery O'Connor, I see an artist who stood by her convictions without catering to pop culture or the religious norm of her day. She had a distinct vision, a clear purpose, and never wavered from how she saw the world. I'll leave you with a challenge for your own work after reading a few excerpts from Flannery O'Connor's own words. I have heard it said that belief in Christian dogma is a hindrance to the writer, but I myself have found nothing further from the truth. Actually, it frees the storyteller to observe. It is not a set of rules which fixes what he sees in the world, it affects his writing primarily by guaranteeing his respect for mystery. Again, she says, I am no disbeliever in spiritual purpose and no vague believer. I see from the standpoint of Christian orthodoxy. This means that for me, the meaning of life is centered in our redemption by Christ, and what I see in the world, I see in its relation to that. My own feeling is that writers who see by the light of their Christian faith will have in these times the sharpest eyes for the grotesque, for the perverse, and for the unacceptable. In some cases, these writers may be unconsciously infected with the Manetian spirit of the times and suffer the much-discussed disjunction between sensibility and belief. But I think that more often the reason for this attention to the perverse is the difference between their beliefs and the beliefs of their audience. Redemption is meaningless unless there is cause for it in the actual life we live. And for the last few centuries, there has been operating in our culture the secular belief that there is no such cause. Unless we are willing to accept our artists as they are, the answer to the question, who speaks for America today, will have to be the advertising agencies. They are entirely capable of showing us our unparalleled prosperity and our almost classless society, and no one has ever accused them of not being affirmative. Where the artist is still trusted, he will not be looked to for assurance. Those who believe that art proceeds from a healthy 
and not from a diseased faculty of the mind, will take what he shows them as a revelation. So if you identify with some version of Flannery O'Connor's faith, and if you consider yourself either an aspiring artist or an appreciator of art, my challenge is this. How can the truths of the gospel be conveyed in non-traditional metaphors and images and sounds and stories? How can we follow Jesus' model of storytelling and imagination, inviting our audiences into an immersive experience that reveals truth and yet leaves room for the audience to draw their own conclusions? I think these are important questions to consider for the serious working artist today, whose art is deeply motivated by conviction and yet seeks to engage the broader culture outside of our own beliefs. I'm grateful for the witness that Flannery O'Connor leaves us in her work and in her life. Thank you so much for listening to the Makers and Mystics Artist Profile Series. We'll return next week with a full interview episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Makers and Mystics and leave us a kind review on iTunes. You can sign up for our email list and explore our library of over 100 episodes at makersandmystics.com. Music for this episode is provided by Songs of Water. <laughs>